always a little amused when someone gets up and says, our speaker needs no introduction, and then launches into a 10-minute introduction of the accomplished person that's speaking, which I could easily do this morning. In fact, my introduction would probably take longer than Gaddy's speech. But you have a list of his accomplishments and who he is that we've had in our bulletin for a few weeks. I can speak best to Gaddy as a friend and an, and an inspiring speaker. He was a classmate of my husband's. We have in common, we're both preacher's kids. And um, I love hearing Gaddy speak. To me, he is one of my favorite speakers. And for this tenure during the time when we had no pastor, we saved the very best till last. Gaddy, thank you for coming. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. It is great to be here this morning and to be able to worship with you and to share in the joy of our salvation, our hope, our redemption, and the aspirations that we have for ourselves while we lived on this earth. This morning already, we have attended a memorial service for a friend of ours, and I was struck by the touching stories and the tributes that were paid to him. And as I contemplated the fact that we were the same age, and I am still standing, and he is now gone to be with the Lord, I reflected on the message that I wanted to share with you this morning. Because when you go to a service of someone who is of equal age, at least in my case, you can't help but wonder, why him? Why not me? Or why me and why not him? Because two years ago, at this time of the year, I was literally on my deathbed. But for whatever reasons God saw fit to let me wander through a valley of physical challenge, and let me come out triumphantly on the backside of that valley. And I'm able to stand before you here today. So every day that I can stand and worship him and proclaim my salvation is a day of triumph and victory. I accepted the Lord. And, and I want to say that whenever you're introduced as a U.S. ambassador and county supervisor and former director of the Peace Corps, I just want to put all those aside this morning because those are titles given to me by men of authority. The greatest title that I carry is that of child of God. Because I was 12 years old when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I have never regretted a moment, a day, or a time that I made that decision. And that is why this morning, although in the scripture reading that was just rendered, uh, it, it was timely that we coincide because I was going to use Matthew 5.16, which is my favorite Bible verse, which is, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And I parallel that to a scripture in Exodus 3.11, which reads, who am I, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Translation, 
Why me? Why me, Lord? Why send me before Pharaoh? When we ask ourselves when things happen, and that's what we ask ourselves, when things happen, sometimes good and sometimes bad, we wonder about being fortunate and we wonder sometimes about why me? Why is this happening to me? When someone we love gets sick, why him? Why her? When we suffer, we endure pain, we mourn, and we ask ourselves, why me? Well, the gentleman whose service we were at this morning inspired me even in his last days, in his last months, because despite the challenges of cancer that ultimately he succumbed to, he never lost sight of the fact that he was a child of God, and whatever it was, Whatever was going to happen, he was confident that if he lost the battle, he would be in a better place. And this morning we celebrated his triumph. We celebrated his promotion to glory. We celebrated that he left a word and a spirit of inspiration for all of us. Now I was born to a migrant farm working family and we were very, very, very poor. We lived in a one-bedroom trailer with no running water, no heating, no cooling, no electricity. And I seek no sympathy this morning. On the contrary, I celebrate it because we didn't have material things. We didn't have the big house. And all the way through my parents' journey, they were never homeowners. But the one thing we had from that moment that I was born into this family is we had the love of God. And we had a profound foundation of faith. And in every circumstance, we placed our trust and our faith in the foundation that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. Each of us in this sanctuary today has been called to a purpose because each of us is called and sometimes it comes with, with great clarity. It is just looking at us right in the face and other times it's a little bit opaque, maybe not so clear because God's timing is different than our timing. I've always said that when you serve an eternal God like we do, there's never a rush. Because a God who is eternal is never in a hurry. We, on the other hand, are the society of instant this and instant that and iPod this and iPad that and we want it now and we wanted it yesterday. But when God is in tune with our pace and our walk, it is on his terms and his conditions. When Moses stood in front of the burning bush, he asked God, why me? Why are you wanting to send me? I am not eloquent. I am advanced in years. And he could not figure why God wanted him to undertake this massive undertaking. And you see, you're never too young and you're never too old to be in the service of the Lord. Sometimes you have to be creative. For those of us who are a little older, Story is told of a couple, an elderly couple, who were speeding down the highway and a police officer pulled them over. 
as they were doing 90 miles per hour in a 50 mile per hour zone. And the officer pulled them over and the husband was driving, the wife was riding passenger. And the officer said, sir, why are you driving 90 miles an hour in a 50 mile per hour zone? As the officer noted the age of the occupants. And this, the wife, being the wise one, said, Sir, we were speeding because we're trying to get to our destination before we forget where we're going. <laughs> but it doesn't matter where you are in life, young or old. When God calls you to a purpose and you go with his blessing, it can be an incredible moment, a moment of triumph and victory. But sometimes the journey can be difficult. The prophet Elijah, after having such a conquest, after the prophets of Baal were moved aside and the power of God was manifest from the heavens, he fled, but he was fed and he was cared for. But he had a sense of defeat and he wanted to end his life and had asked God to do so. And the Lord came to him in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 14 and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I don't know about you, but I've had moments in my life where I've sort of heard the, God, the voice of God saying to me, what are you doing here? Not because I was necessarily physically in a bad place, because mentally, spiritually, sometimes we walk through those little valleys. What are you doing here? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord and hear the words of this scripture that I absolutely love. For the Lord is about to pass by. Wow. When somebody says, the Lord is about to pass by, he was saying, the Lord is about to pass by and he is going to speak to you. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And it almost connotes to us that, Lord, when are you going to answer me? And after the fire, after the earthquakes, after all the winds had settled, the scripture says, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. And sometimes in life there are so many noises in and around us that disrupt our walk with God. And we hear this noise and that noise and this over here and that over there. But God is speaking to us and wants to speak to us in a whispering voice. And then Elijah heard it. He put his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah was ready to end the journey. And again he repeated, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me too. Paraphrase, why me? Why me? The small still voice said, 
what are you doing here? Joseph was another who as a young man was sold into slavery by his brothers. He endured just about every calamity you could imagine. Sold by his brothers. Tormented by a woman who tried to seduce him. Then jailed. But you know, the story about Joseph is one of inspiration. Because his story is about whatever comes my way, I will never cease to praise the Lord. Whatever storms come my way, I will hold fast to the foundation of the gospel. He felt held fast. David was called as a young man to confront a giant and to go on to become the king of Israel as a young man. Service in the army of the Lord has no prerequisites of age. Sometimes he calls us young and sometimes he calls us later in life. Each of us has a gift and each of us must use the gift, our gift, and the gift that God gives us to light the world and let the world know about Christ and his redeeming power. I have traveled over 60 countries in the world. And I remember one distinct place known as the People's Republic of China. I was in Kunming. And I was there with an American delegation. And we had gone off to have some delegation meetings with the government. And I came back into the lobby of the hotel, and I heard a beautiful piano being played. And I paused for a moment to hear and take in the music, and it was the tune or the, the, the keynotes on a piano of amazing grace. I thought, wait a minute, I'm in the People's Republic of China. I am not supposed to be hearing amazing grace in the lobby of a big hotel in Kunming. So needless to say, having been a police officer in the city of Orange in my young life, I had to investigate. So I went to the area of the piano and I sat and I saw a woman playing the music. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And I sat down. And I listened and I waited and she then paused to take her break and she, she, she sat down in a corner and I gradually moved over there. And I said, ma'am, I looked around, I said, I, I, was, I was struck by the fact that you were playing a song that I think is titled Amazing Grace. And she looked at me with some suspicion I built her confidence and I said, so, so what brings you here? Because she was American. I said, what brings you here to Kunming? And she says, well, uh, we're school teachers, my husband and I. And so we continued the conversation. I built more confidence. And about 10 minutes into the conversation, she said to me, well, I can tell you the truth. The truth is we're missionaries and we're here to evangelize throughout Kunming. And I said, well, God bless you. Now I understand why I heard you play Amazing Grace. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works or hear your tunes and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Abraham was called to lead late in life. And then, above it all, then he was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. But God was testing his faith. And God's timing to do his will, as I said earlier, 
is not always our timing. God calls us to serve in the presence of our enemies. And when the shadows are dark, Psalm 23, which we're all familiar with, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But let me point out one particular line that is so important. He prepareth a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Think about that for a second. That is the word of God saying to us that in the moment of trial and tribulation, when the enemies have surrounded you, it is the Lord who comes and prepares the table in the presence of your enemies so that your light might shine in the presence of men and glorify your Father as in heaven. When the odds are against us, God is prepared to set the table, but we must be willing to trust in the Lord, for we are called to his purpose. I never imagined for one moment that my journey in my life would take me to a place where I would be the American diplomat responsible for fighting world hunger, poverty, and disease in the world. But God had a purpose. I never once thought that I would be the director of the United States Peace Corps, but God had a purpose. And I remember being in Haiti one night and sitting on a veranda with the U.S. ambassador to Haiti. And off in the distance as we sat, echoing off the canyon walls, I could hear a song that maybe some of you have heard or are familiar with. When the roll is called up yonder was echoing off the walls in a little valley in Haiti. And I said to the ambassador, I said, so who, what's that all about? I knew the song. And he said, you know, in the midst of all the bad things that are happening here, in the midst of all the turbulence, in the midst of all the things that are tribulating the people of Haiti, the violence, the hunger, the disease, the poverty, Faith remains strong. And that's what God expects and commands of us. That despite the noise and the sounds and all the things that distract us in the world today, and the gravitational pull of of things that try to consume our time, we must be reminded that it is our God who is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Maker and the Taker. And for that, we should give him praise every morning and every day that we wake up. And every night when we lay our heads down in the evening. Every one of these men that I've highlighted, Elijah, Moses, and then there was Noah, who was tasked with building an ark. Again, not a young man, but a man who had a calling of God like the others. And despite being solitary and sort of a voice crying in the wilderness, they never yielded. They embraced their faith and they impacted those around them. But most importantly, they did the will of God. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. How's your spiritual wattage today? 
A year ago, I retired as the senior vice president of Edison International, which is the holding company of Southern California Edison. And we thank you for your support. As long as the lights stay on. But I thought, ironic that I'm an Edison executive and my favorite Bible verse is, let your light shine before men. Yeah. How's your spiritual wattage this morning? Are you lighting up your home? Are you lighting up your workplace? Are you making an impact with those around you? Are you brightening the spot where you are? Are you carrying the radiance that says, this is a different kind of person? Not perfect, but a child of God, a peacemaker. I am reminded of a great story that really underscores our journey. Princeton professor Albert Einstein, one of the most brilliant minds in the world, was on a train heading out of Princeton when a conductor came by to check his ticket. Einstein could not find his ticket. The young conductor told him, not to worry, don't worry. It's okay. I know who you are, and I'm sure you had a ticket. And Einstein kept looking for his ticket. And the young conductor came by a second time. This is one of the most brilliant minds in humankind. And he could not find his ticket. And he was still looking. And the young conductor came by a second time and said, Professor Einstein, I told you, I know who you are. I'm sure you had a ticket. Don't worry about it. And the conductor went about his way and the professor kept looking again and under the seats and everywhere for his ticket. The young conductor came by exasperated a third time and he said, Professor Einstein, I told you, I know who you are. I'm sure you had a ticket. I know where you, where, I, I know you had a ticket. And I know who you are. And Einstein turned to him and says, young man, I thank you very much. The problem is I need to find my ticket because I forgot where I'm going. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know about you, but I'd like to find an insurance company that would give me that kind of coverage. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In every spiritual journey, there are moments where we lose our way. There are moments where we can't seem to find the ticket. And we get exasperated and we lose sight of our destination. What we do know is that we serve an eternal God. And again, when you serve an eternal God, He is there for you 24-7. And you don't even need an iPhone or Android. All you need is an open heart and a mind and a voice to call out in that moment of need. I began today's message with a focus on letting your light shine so that He might be glorified. Whatever your age, whatever your background, whatever your journey, we've all come here by the way of the cross. I made reference to men who were called to God's purpose at various stages in their lives. Young and old, different backgrounds, different origins. We can be Latino, we can be Hispanic, we can be African American, we can be Asian American, whatever your nationality 
we are brought together by the sense of purpose and by the way of the cross. And if we allow ourselves to be used of God, we will be happier, we will fear no evil, we will be strengthened, we will be more than conquerors. And if we ask, why me? God is likely to answer through his works, through you, through me, as he did so with the many that I've referenced this morning in this message. Is your light shining today? And if so, how bright? Are your works being manifested for his honor and glory? You and I have been promised an eternal address. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. Today as you go from this service, I pray that you will reflect on your light, your works, and assess your willingness to increase the wattage of your spiritual light and to manifest your works by doing his will and not your own and not be guided by society standards but by his word and his divine inspiration. Let us pray. Father, we thank you in this moment for your word. I thank you for this opportunity to convey this message, God, that you have inspired in my soul and in my mind. And Lord, I pray that this message will leave a, a lasting impact, will, will cause those in this sanctuary to reflect on their own lives and reflect on their capacity to impact the world around them through your manifestation, through your inspiration, and through your anointing. Father, we thank you for all that you give us. We thank you for the glorious, glorious blessings that come our way every day as we seek you and we find you, as we knock on that door and it is opened unto us. Now, Lord, let us go forth and let us shine a bright light so that your name may be glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen.